Hello, this is Catherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. Imagine $123 trillion of U.S. value is tied to the resources and services that nature provides to our global society and global economy. Yet for over a century, we've taken the gifts of nature for granted. In my conversation with Nako Ishii, CEO and Chair of the Global Environment Facility, GEF, it's clear that the voice and value of nature is finally capturing the attention of the banking, investment, and finance community. Part of the reason for this is that our planetary impact on the quality of living ecosystems and organisms is becoming more obvious, more real, and more scary. But part of the reason is that the scientific community has also leapt out of their comfort zone to better communicate science more clearly and more convincingly and enter conversations with business, which are transformative. In her interview with me, Nako challenged the finance community to do the same, to educate themselves in the crisis and opportunity for investing in nature, in transforming the energy sector, in transforming the food sector, and for creating circular economies across all sectors of business. The good news is that as we breach ecosystem tipping points, we realize more and more that not only are the global commons at risk, but so is the global economy. And de-risking these threats to the ecology and economy of the planet must become everyone's global mission. In this regard, partnership is key, and GEF is one of the largest environmental funds dedicated to advancing transformative, socially good projects to both protect the environment and to develop sustainably emerging economies. They do this through leveraging their capital to attract other partners and create real transformative positive change in the environment. Thank you, NACO and GEF, for your leadership, and thank you for your interview. Here with Nako Ishii. She is the CEO and chairperson of the Global Environment Facility, mm-hmm. GEF. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. The real intent of mm-hmm. the World Economic Forum mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. is to really draw attention to nature, mm-hmm. to give nature a voice mm-hmm. in these mm-hmm. discussions. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can have all these discussions about mm-hmm. the economy, but if you don't have the natural world mm-hmm. as the fuel, as the base of the economy, mm-hmm. you have no platform within mm-hmm. which to grow. So mm-hmm. can you speak to that ethic a bit and how you've seen in your mm-hmm. discussions with mm-hmm. finance ministers and others mm-hmm. that narrative evolving? Mm-hmm. The amazing thing for this year's Davos is growing momentum and interest of and attention to the voice of the nature. And uh, there is a growing understanding that unless we take care of nature, there is no sustainable development. And there is new uh, call for nature, the new deal for nature, which is kind of also uh, capturing people's imagination. And uh, the people in the circle really got excited. However, to me, the real challenge is this voice of nature really is hurt by a finance circle, that an investment circle, and those kind of big decision maker or the decision maker of big money. There is a quite excitement among green community because they feel that then finally that the nature started to capture the imagination mm-hmm. of the other side. However, coming from Ministry of Finance in Japan, I knew how difficult it is to get the attention of finance ministry or banking sector or investment sector. Why I'm saying that until six years ago, uh, when I got this job, I'm completely finance person, 
macroeconomist, nature was not part of me, and I never really paid attention to the nature, the why it's so important to nature. So it's a lot of wake up call to me, and I'm really ashamed what a dangerous situation we are in. Now that、uh, we were really reaching that、uh, capacity or carrying capacity of the nature,、mm-hmm. uh, we were almost breaking it,、uh, reaching the breaking point of it.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, unless we really、uh, change the system, economic system, there will be no future for us. But what is most scary to me, and I'm still in that dire shock, is that why I didn't know that for 30 years of my public life. Through Ministry of Finance, IMF, the World Bank. These are still people who really don't know what's going on. And unless we find a way to get their attention and the attention to the voice of nature, it's impossible to change the way the economy is functioning. So, what we are trying to do in the schooling community or at Global Environment Facility is it's not really talking to the people who are already converted, but who already <laughs> know that. Yeah, yeah, convinced and, and the importance. Of nature, how we could really change to capture the attention of people to be combated. I mean, the people who are actually behind this and,、uh, current economic model. From our point of view, that,、uh, how to、uh, transform the economic model is very important so that we would like to see the energy transition. We all come to know through climate change crisis that it's important to get out of this fossil fuel and to become much more renewable, but also equally important. Important is food sector, that the food sector from production through a trade and consumption actually consumed that 37% of land, 25% of the GHG, and still, you know, that the demand for food is growing. So, unless we find a way how to transform the food sector, that we really don't solve the problem. Last week, that we have Ethan Lancet、uh, report, which actually ringed the alarming bell and basically said that、uh, we have to transform that、uh, food system from environmental point of view but also health point of view.、Yes. Then it's a very important message. It's scientific target. So I'm very happy to see this、uh, science. Is telling a lot of story to us. Now it's us that and who really need to change.、Right. So, my job is again going back to the GF story.、Uh, we want to help the energy transition. We want to reform or transform the food sector. And we are working with cities because cities are front runner of many, many fight against、um, human、uh, climate change, but also other environmental challenges. But this year, what's so interesting is that the more attention, more action, more commitment on the、yeah, circular economy. economy to move from linear economy. Towards circular, and it seems a lot of commitment、uh, from the business sector uh, really uh, recognized this year. And、uh, as a, actually co chair of PACE, it's a platform of accelerating circular economy. I'm very happy to see that not only commitment but a lot of action taking place in that space. I really want to get back to your personal、mm. story、mm, sure. because if you were. A finance、mm. minister, then you understand、mm. the mindset、mm. of those、mm. that、um, are the bankers and、mm. investors,、mm. etc., and co finance mm. ministers. Mm. So, what was your turning point,、mm. and what do you really feel will motivate、mm. that finance、mm. community to、mm. 
embrace the importance mm-hmm. of the biological yes. agenda. Mm-hmm. When you said you woke up, you were wondered mm-hmm. why for 30 years mm-hmm. you hadn't mm-hmm. really considered the environment. Mm-hmm. This is actually partly the mindset that you know, for those people working for banking sector investment, Ministry of Finance planning, nature of the environment is just at the fringe, it's margin that you know, I am not for nature, I'm not for environment, it's too small to me, my agenda. So that's a kind of typical mindset. I think, and uh, and uh, that change was even they are not cognizant of it. I mean, it's a kind of unconscious bias. Then the change came to me almost accidentally. I actually uh, applied for this job as CEO of the GF, which actually required me to learn more about <laughs> nature and the environment. Of course, I'm, I have to say I'm the least qualified CEO because I really don't know anything about the environment. But then while applying for this job, I actually studied or learned and read and speak to those people and then that's where that is shocking coming that it's Mm -hmm. even you know just look at the number look at the data look at the study Mm -hmm. it's so clear and that's why it's so 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 shocking this number didn't exist in my mind now i have to see it and uh, applying this job and now i got a job that and it's my day to day bread and butter so that this kind of opportunity or the investment the actually really opened up my eyes. It's always there. It's just a mental block for well, me. It yeah. sounds like it's just exposure to information yeah. that you yeah, wouldn't exactly. necessarily be exposed to when you're going through Absolutely. a financial career pathway. Yeah. So how can we better integrate then mm. ecological knowledge into uh, this yeah. environment and make mm. it relevant in the mm. sense that if we really do believe that mm. the baseline mm. for a healthy economy is Absolutely, also yeah. a healthy planet mm. and we really do understand mm. that our products and mm. our businesses mm. are based on mm. the natural resources mm. in which mm. we live which are finite mm. and we do really believe that mm. what one 125 mm. trillion dollars of you know natural capital is tied up in right. the ecological world mm. then how do we make that mm. information mm. accessible available mm relevant, interesting, mm. compelling to help mm. more finance emitters convert mm. right. as you have. Actually, science has started to do a very good job. Our scientists become much more vocal mm. and also to make the message much easier to be understood by outside or uh, non-scientists. If you compare the IPCC 1.5 degree paper mm-hmm. and the traditional old-fashioned IPCC right. report, you get the message much easily. Scientists started a very good way of communicating. And also, as Johann Rockström always said, that they also got out of their own comfort zone. They usually safeguard themselves by a lot of assumptions, too many scenarios. But now they are saying, here is a message. We yes. may be wrong, but here is a message. Right. So they got out of the comfort zone. So it's really our job to also step up to get out of comfort zone and try to actually understand it. But going back to your question and my question, if there is still mental block, how we could get over that mental block of, let's say, Ministry of Finance mental block? I think that uh, there are 
two things ongoing because the issue is not more environment it's really it's energy system it's food system it's circular economy electronics <laughs> plastic it's so a systemic it's a systemic right so the more and more non-environmentalist but the people or business who, who see that the life is kind of threatened the business bottom line is threatened these people have started to talk mm-hmm. so that it has much more impact around green people talking to the finance which never fact right. but now that business people that the CEOs have started to talk about it and take action definitely have a lot of impact however there's still we were halfway because okay ESG is kind of capturing also some kind of attention but then ESG, ESG. Uh, it's a environmental social governance and investment mm-hmm. so it's kind of you know that, that there is information become very important so that the Mark Carney the Bank of England governor started and task force of the disclosure of the financial asset, mm-hmm. how much climate risk they are mm-hmm. taking, and to let the investor decide. So then that led by those kind of movement, now there is a movement, a fashion that the ESG, the investment should go to environmentally, socially, and from governance point of view, the safe investment. Right. So that the investors also try to see, okay, ma- I would like to put money in those ESG qualified investment. However, the issue is this sheer existence of ESG investment means there is no ESG investment. Right. <laughs> so that we are still... Differentiating yeah, and put an yeah, niche exactly, market. Yeah, to exactly. To, to mainstream the entire investment yes. has to be ESG mm-hmm. investment. So mm-hmm. we are still far away, uh, not far away, it's quite halfway. We really have to go more. Mm-hmm. But this kind of non-green people start to take some action definitely have a good impact. Another way of changing the mindset or breaks that kind of mental barrier is actually constituencies, that the politicians react to the constituencies, voters. Protesters on the street, I don't know how impactful it is, but then if that then there is well, a consumers, lot of, yeah, consumers, sure. yeah, the investors, if those people started to demand, mm-hmm. that will change the action from Well, the and people, also yeah. from, from a business yeah. perspective, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Um, one of the alliances that was formed last year and really picked up steam mm-hmm. this year was this coalition around science-based targets, businesses mm-hmm. really yeah. addressing their business mm-hmm. models and looking at new opportunities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. were essentially yeah. Yeah. environmental yeah. safe and also on the climate mm-hmm. change narrative, new mm-hmm. energy opportunities. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to that narrative mm-hmm. and how important it is? I mean, obviously Science your fund yeah. that uh, mm-hmm. helps you know, sort of move mm-hmm. entrepreneurial ventures mm-hmm. to a point where, you know, they then become attractive mm-hmm. to, to business mm-hmm. interests. Sure. This is actually quite interesting movement. And we, the GF, together with WRI, the WEF, World Economic Forum, IUCN, ESA, and Johan Rockström, mm-hmm. actually launched the dialogue global commons, dialogue on global commons, meaning that uh, we, we take a uh, planetary system as a whole and we actually call it as a global commons. It's global and mm-hmm. it's it's commonly shared. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the people, some people, the informed audience do understand the tragedy of commons. Mm-hmm. Tragedy of commons is basically, you know, that there is a pasture commonly owned by village. Mm-hmm. If you put a lot of sheep in it, 
then the command is completely degraded. Mm-hmm. So that then the selfish action actually has dire consequences. So, so in order to avoid those tragedies of commons, usually yeah. there is a rule. Right. Now, when that activity no, becomes global, global, there is nobody who try to come up with a rule. So that then now our task is how we can create this global rule to safeguard global commons. So this global yeah. good, so to look at the tragedy of commons is not a tragedy because yeah. it's something that this is a, a yeah. common ecosystem environment yeah. that yeah. we were also commonly responsible for stewarding. Absolutely, yeah, Got exactly. It. So so until very recently, that the, uh, we really didn't consider days planetary boundary or that the adult system has commons. That's why we just exploit it <laughs> selfishly. Then we That's are right. getting a lot of consequences. That's so right. the question is how we can make up some kind of rule um, to safeguard global commons or mm-hmm. avoid the tragedy of commons right. so that then we started some kind of dialogue. Then the one instrument is actually the science-based target. The four GHG carbon place. There are already protocol and a lot of companies are actually working on the how much GHG we are emitted, and there Global is also yeah gases. exactly yeah and two point two degree one point five degrees. So this carbon space there is already science based target and the kind of protocol on which individual mm-hmm. companies can act. The challenge is that we really don't have a two degree equivalent science-based target for biodiversity mm-hmm. or water or, or ocean yet. Yeah, yet. So that uh, can we create this science-based target beyond carbon? Mm-hmm. Then that then, uh, can we use it to guide action by individual or mm-hmm. individual companies? That's somehow this science-based right. target yeah. movement is also kind of capturing yeah. the imagination. And I'm very happy to see that movement. I'm very happy to actually GF is also supporting that kind of movement. This is all about, if I will, to help create this mechanism to safeguard global commons. Because without that, we will have a consequences of tragedy of mm-hmm. commons. The scientific mm. community mm. is not just coming up with sort of state of the planet, the, mm. the tragic scenario. Mm. What I'm really excited about mm. is also that the scientific community is mm. a part of the conversation on producing solutions yes. and looking at opportunities. Yes. And the Exponential Climate Action Roadmap is a perfect example mm. how mm. you've mentioned Johan Rockström from the, the Stockholm Resilience Institute. Now he's at the Potsdam mm. Institute yeah. for Climate Research. How these communities mm. have been so focused on creating or accessing information at planetary mm. scale. We've also been looking at how we can then they understand the system, mm. how we can then better manage the system. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you can speak to that and Mm -hmm. and the importance of also looking or shaping the narrative in a way Mm -hmm. that it's it's tragic where we Mm -hmm. have, you Mm -hmm. know, developed to Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. but the future and Mm -hmm. the investment that can go Mm -hmm. into the future Mm -hmm. can also be very opportunistic, Mm -hmm. that there is Mm -hmm. really no false dichotomy between the economy and and Mm -hmm. the ecology of the planet. Actually, uh, the blight spot of this maybe movement is now finally science talking to economy mm-hmm. <laughs> and they are meeting finally and they are suggesting the solution to solve actually save ourselves out of crisis these are kind of um, 
uh, the system change that mm-hmm. we are talking about because the entire issue is that we humans becoming such a dominant forces and to change the function of earth system mm-hmm. now it's our time it's our turn to change ourselves to save <laughs> ourselves out of the crisis that's why the science message is that you know, for us the, the humans to change our way of life and our way of life means as we discussed it's energy the food and the city and then uh, uh, consumption production which is more to make it more circular so that's how it it linked up and in each of those sector that then I have seen a kind of movement that then of either energy transition more the renewable energy and food and land use and the coalition mm-hmm. the circular economy movement and the city alliance so there are a lot of alliances across the value chain or industry-wide mm-hmm. interestingly it kind of become very global regional to global not necessarily national. <laughs> so, well, but yeah. interesting you mention that because I think of anyone yeah. in this space, yeah. the Global Environment Facility, which you lead, and I know it has a lot to do with your leadership, mm. when I get these announcements of mm. new funds that are being established, mm. it's always in collaboration with X, Y, and Z company mm. and, and country mm. and not-for-profit organization. Mm. And so if you could speak mm. a bit to that 17th goal on mm. the Sustainable Development Goals mm. on partnership mm. and how mm. important that is mm. to drive capital from different mm. directions and at mm. different places in the mm. sustainable development mm. trajectory. Mm. If you could speak to that, I, I think mm. that, you know, you of anyone else mm. in this space is really working very hard to always form alliances mm. and partnerships mm. and leverage capital mm. to get, mm-hmm. you know, a, mm-hmm. a, an exponentially mm. more positive outcome. Okay, so the, our own resources is, is really a drop in the ocean. Our replenishment is concluded with four billion US dollars for next four years. So it's only one billion US dollars. It's mm-hmm. a really a small amount of money against the huge task of system catalyzation. Yes. But then uh, because it's small that then uh, we are forced to think how that small amount of money can catalyze system change together with other Actors, So it's a really a good instant to think uh, where we should deploy that resources. It's more uh, like an, a partnership that then how we could join the multi-stakeholder partnership and then with, together with mostly business and also sometimes national and subnational government and uh, to kind of challenge the status quo business model. Actually, we are interested in deploying our resources together with other partners who are interested in working hard to catalyze those systems, either be it its energy system, food system, land use system, or the ocean, so that then this kind of you know coalition from government to private sector CSO, but bringing them together for system change action, not just the talk and not just uh, the declaration, but then a concrete actions backed by resources and timeline. I think that's uh, what we are working on that. As I mentioned, there are a lot of coalition emerging, and to us, we would like to be part of those coalition. We would like to strengthen the impactful coalition. That's what I think the GF is doing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much.
Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. Have a beautiful day. Thank you.